Let's go. Hey guys, we are back. Welcome to Rankable episode 40. I'm your host as usual, Jared Thomas, Senior Account Executive at iPool Rank. And we've got a really, really special episode for you guys today. What we're gonna be talking about is how to capture your audience on the go. And we got a special guest today. This brother has founded and sold several technology and e-commerce companies with combined revenues eclipsing two billion. You may have recognized him as he appears on TV regularly, speaks at conferences, and also writing on his first no a novel. He's a serial entrepreneur, still on the board of multiple firms, both public and private, along with being the CEO, co-founder, and chairman of Reach TV. I'd like to introduce our special guest today, Mr. Linwood Bivens. How, how are you, sir? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing great, brother. Thank you, man. Looking forward to thank you for having me on, and looking forward to you know having the conversation. Absolutely, man. It, like I said, it was an honor um, for those watching. So me and Lynn, we actually connect with each other on LinkedIn. You know, guys know LinkedIn is my platform. I'm on it 24-7. <laughs> we ended up just connecting and um, we had, she shared some DMs. And as soon as I looked at your profile, I'm like, oh, no, I would love to speak to this brother. We got to make this happen. So this is one I had circled on the calendar for a bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we, we, we planned this out for a couple months. It's good. Yeah, man. Yes. Yeah. It's been taken off, man. We're actually finally taking a break in the summertime. So I'm like, all right. Yeah, you got to take a break too so we can, you know, re retool up and hit the that's fall coming. That's it. That's it, man. But uh, yeah, I would love to. So what we're going to be talking about today is just how do you, you know, build or how do you reach your audience on the go? And for those who are not familiar with Reach TV, um, it's a leader in the digital out of home space. So they deliver linear video content, mostly short form, over 1,700 television screens and more than 91 airports, um, and really reaching up to 128 million travelers around the globe. So that's huge, huge reach. So before we go into the intricacies of, of Reach TV, as I would love to know more about it, but um, let's start from the beginning, man. Can you tell us a little bit about your journey and kind of walk us through how you got the idea for your first business venture and how were you able to scale it? And, and obviously move move forward with it. Yeah, I mean, my first thing was coming right at. Well, I would say my first thing was while I was in college, um, um, I, I picked up a flyer looking at um, you know ten dollars an hour, which was a lot of money back then, and um, seemed like a ridiculous amount of money. So I went and took the flyer, and it ended up being uh, vector marketing selling Cutco knives. Yeah. And you know, I was doing that too. <laughs> I know nothing about Nas, whatever. And you know, three months later, two and a half months later, $25,000 in knife sales, uh, mm. top manager thing, and um, learned a lot about myself and learned about people because yeah. you, you, when you go through that process, you learn business, you learn how to close, you learn how to sell, you learn that, that selling is, is about you as yeah. much as any product you're selling. Exactly. And uh, you happen to have a good product, but that salesmanship was about you. And I got comfortable being around people that I'm normally not comfortable with, which was parents at the time, right? Yeah. And so I still to this day have people's parents that text me and call me. One of the kids that I'm friends with, their parents call me and keep in touch with me. So yeah. um, building relationships with people early on was a key to me to learning how to really sell stuff. And in a little side note, anybody ever worked at, at Cutco Nines knows average sale three hundred eighty-three dollars, average closure your closure ratio ninety-three percent, and average time for your uh, presentation mine was seventy-three minutes. Yeah, so sure. we all keep that even though it's seventy years ago. Um, so, Lives are good. Shout out to. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and, and then and that then I went into their management um, training, opened up an office myself, had yeah. a team, um, really understood how to negotiate a lease, hire a team, grow sales, inspire a team, do all that. Um, from one flyer I picked up one day and stayed with it when other people quit. 
Um, and then when I moved from that to a uh, computer business, um, I was in college. I was an organized guy. I was used to be called Ginsu guy. Everybody used to talk <laughs> jokes. Um, but what they always knew I was organized. I had this rhythm in college where I would, no matter what, I didn't miss class. I could be all night. I won't miss class. And then I would take everything, every class in small subject notebooks and then go to the library and rewrite them into one big thing. Yeah. And that was my rhythm for memorizing everything and understanding. Because I knew when I went home, I wanted to go play, you know, whatever I wanted to do, go out, do whatever. So if I kept that discipline, I could do the other thing. For sure. So everybody used to call me the organized freak because I would be organized. I didn't sleep. And I was always everywhere. Um, so when a buddy of mine who had started a business needed help with organizing his uh, back end, he yeah. said, hey, before you decide to take a job somewhere, why don't you come help me? And um, that was a computer company out of Delaware. And uh, I, there was supposed to be a six-month assignment. I finished it in two. And then I was like, what are these th big old 27-pound things out here? And they were laptops. But they were truly something you sat on your lap because they were that heavy and that big. Yeah. And that's when I started. And I, I started uh, there trying to figure out how to sell them. Within, within six months, I was the number one sales rep. Within wow. two years, I was a partner. Um, and then within four, we sold it. And so, um, it was, you know, that was the bug that kept me going. Yeah. Right. And, uh, understanding how to reach people across whatever medium is available at that time was, um, where we really scaled was we did computer trade shows, but we also used, uh, magazines where we did mail order. Yeah. And that was the first, there used to be a magazine. It was this thick called Computer Shopper Magazine, that big. And we put a half a page black and white in that, your phone rings off the hook. What? Yeah, so that right there was my first understanding what platforms can help your business scale and looking at them exactly. and making sure that you, I'd say the key to that though, was making sure that you had your own infrastructure ready. Yeah. Support that. Because a lot of people went into that and then went out of business because they couldn't support everything yeah. they did and you know put themselves in a messed up situation so building your foundation so that you can scale is the key yeah that's amazing that's definitely a gem man i appreciate that man so from 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 that point so you were able to build a business and scale let's go into more about reach tv so i, I did some research about you know your, your business partner yourself like where did the idea come from so i'm assuming you know obviously this is uh, led into it right you figured out what mediums how to reach customers and you're like how can i build something or solve a problem that people on the go, right? They need entertainment, yeah. they need, and that's a big opportunity for brands because they're like, how do I reach that customer on the go to make them do something on the fly like that, right? So- The short, the short version of how that, uh, I came up with that idea, mm -hmm. right? Cause I had founded this company based on something that I had done before. Two yeah. things, number one, all the computer companies I worked with before, I was only working with them on the computer side, not realizing their entire other side of their business was content. Yeah. And media. And, you know, so I was working with Sony's and Toshiba's and Samsung's and not knowing that there's another side. Yeah. Um, I used to sell the Netflix DVDs, not knowing they were going to go into this. Right. So yeah. um, the idea around this was after I sold my um, one of my my last uh, computer consumer electronic companies, I was looking for what's next. And what I saw was content. But I also saw content a little different. People say content is king. I say content is king, but distribution's emperor. 
Yeah. So I always looked at where is content going to live and how do you make that ecosystem work? And so I started investing in uh, content companies. I've got a library. We turned it into a series, which yeah. we saw 100 episodes of. I looked at digital platforms, which we created a short form series where we were doing 100 million um, uh, impressions on a monthly basis with CBS, CBS Interactive. Then I invested in digital signage companies, which we grew. Um, and then what I saw was uh, where people were gathering that I saw that 73% of your time is not spent at home. I said, who's really focused on you? And then when you get to those places, when you're not at home, I felt like the screens that I'm watching never knew that I was not at home. They were talking to me like I was home. Exactly. And, and, and I said, well, why don't we build it backwards? So the idea behind Reach came from one screen I'm, I'm sitting in front of. How, does, how do I program that one screen from, the, from my desk? Yeah. And then so we built a system to go from – that screen, this terminal, this gate, uh, this airport, all by DMA, and then all the way back to a central hub that I could push a button and go nationally by DMA, by airport, by terminal, by gate, by location. So that took us nine months to build that. Yeah. Then we deployed that in three airports. And fast forward to now, we're in 90 commercial airports, uh, 58 private airports. And we recently acquired the um, uh, CNN airport screen gate screens oh. in, top, in the top 15 markets. So we really built an infrastructure that can be scaled. So yeah. it didn't change our infrastructure um, at the core cost to go from three to 90. Yeah. It's the same tech. Same thing. Yep. Yes. You know, so you build it right and scalable from the beginning. It can scale the whole way through. Yeah, I'm curious how how did that conversation come about? Because obviously, like that's that was real estate the airport obviously has, but right, but nobody's asking for that real estate, right? So how did that conversation come about? Like, how did you? So, so you you so I asked a different question instead of the real estate question. I asked, what is playing? Who controls these screens? And how's hmm. that process? Yeah. So when I was looking at the bars and restaurants, um, and my old partner was the was had worked at Directv for nine years. So uh -huh. I had insight that DirecTV was delivering, but no. they couldn't tell you that this screen was playing this. So mm -hmm. then I found out that the people that were doing that were paying DirecTV to bring that in. So I said, wait a minute, I can bring you something more custom that knows it's here so I can program to somebody in Newark yeah. different than I could program somebody in Seattle versus exactly. somebody in LA. And I can also help you with marketing while bringing you quality television content. So um, we had to get somebody to take a chance on us, and yep. they did. And um, that that chance was a pilot in three airports, and that helped us grow. That ended up being a partner that we're in 62 airports with. So Amazing. having that, um, the ability to understand what they needed, which was they were paying for something, a lot of money, so if we can reduce that cost or even make them money, we become a much more valuable asset. Doesn't matter if I was a small company and that was a big one. So we just reverse engineered the model based on finding out what that customer wanted first, then yeah. what we wanted second. Exactly. Right? So that's the great, why great point. We built it. 
So how, how do you, so at that point, right, the, the airport is saying we're paying direct TV for this, you know, for this custom comedy, for this content, I can go with Linwood and I can get custom content, right? But how do you, how do you track engagement? Cause I come from that like programmatic out of, out of home space. So how do you actually track the viewership, the engagement and those type of things like to test the quality of the pilot project? So, you know, there's a couple different ways, you know, you had the PPM with Nielsen's, you have the, now as you got, as a, as a business has matured and things are getting more elevated, you have data of companies like Cubic and exactly. you're able to actually track, you know, when somebody's in the airport, you don't need to know their personal number, but you, because the way we deployed with the ability to program down to a screen, we have our own set top box that we deploy. That set top box lets me talk all the time and pings all the time. So I know I can program down to the screen, but I can also know how long you're in front of my screen. Ah. So I know right now that I can tell you the data in real time every day. So I know that the, even to this day, we have 85 minutes is the average dwell time in an airport. And at our bars and restaurants, we have an, almost an hour of people in front of our screens. So if you leave and come back and do all that, because you're in the airport for 85 minutes, yeah. you're only in front of my screen for 58. So I know the difference between when you're at my screen or not at my screen. So, you know, and then we did the studies where surveys, we do the normal stuff. Yeah, yeah. You ask the tough questions. Do you like the programming? We had 75% said we love it. We had 23% that said it's cool, you know. <laughs> and, and we had 2% said no. So I'll take a 98% approval rate that we're doing something right, right? And so we're just going to keep improving on it, improving on that, and improving on it. That's amazing. So, so you also you're also creating your own like your, your own custom content, and then you also have your partnerships where you're licensing out content, right? One hundred percent. And we are co-producing content. We create our own content, custom content. We've licensed content. We have partners. Uh, at this point, we have everybody in the world coming to us, right? And we'll be making some bigger announcements as the year goes on. But um, I'm gonna maybe jump in one of your questions. But to get to the point of where we're looking at is. Our biggest competitor from a linear television, because we're, we're more linear television than anything. Yeah, anything yeah. We are programming, we get 198 hours worth of content every single month in our library. Uh, so we are, on, on the content level, we're one of the biggest ones as far as how much content we ingest every single month. Um, and then, um, you, you think about all the different airports, everything is custom, you know what I mean? So you yeah. think about what we have to go through, um, we need that much content. Yeah, right. a lot of moving pieces for sure. That's a lot of if you just think of the cost of what that was at a price. So <laughs> that's the other thing yeah. which is really important. Um, but if you look at our competition right now, because mm -hmm. I look at it across the scale, when we're at the gates, where we it's our screen, so there's nothing else there. When you're at a bar, there might be two other screens that are ESPN or yeah. so if I look at what's playing when I look at my screen, it's usually ESPN. Mm -hmm. So the things that they offer that we don't, we're working on offering. And the things that they that we offer, they can't. Like they can't do the lifestyle that we can do. They can't do the travel like we do because they don't know they're there. That makes sense. That, yeah. You know what I mean? Like they're pushing one button to everywhere. I'm pushing one button to that screen. Mm. Totally different business. Yeah. Even though we're next to each other, the delivery mechanism changes what I can do versus what they can do. That's amazing, man. So, so when it turns, when it, all right, I have a few, few different routes I want to go with that, man. But that yeah, was, yeah, yeah. that was, a, that was amazing, man. So, uh, I'm trying to think. 
What does he think? Um, how, I want to ask about the pandemic, right? Because obviously travel, everything happened, you know, the world changed, right? The way we consume content, the way we purchased, the way we, you know, just the way we live in general has changed, right? So what, what kind of ways have you been able to pivot since the pandemic and how has it affected your business? It killed it. I mean, be blunt. It, it, I appreciate the real. It took me from 74 million people a month departing passengers to zero. Ugh. Right, and you know, you, you know, I had self-funded the business up until that until about eighteen months, about seven months before the pandemic. I had done my first outside investment, mm-hmm. and we had really talked about staying the course. So when the pandemic happened, I gathered the team and I said, "We're going to focus on um, we're going to see how valuable we are to our partners." Yeah, yeah. And our partners stepped up and said, "We value you." So we were able to cut our costs 68% without losing any of our people. Mm. That's right? man, that's amazing. Number number two was I set a standard that we were going to focus on innovation and collaboration. Mm-hmm. There is a mantra moving forward. So we did, as you know, you're coming from this world, yep. we did integrations into over a hundred different DSPs. We grabbed the, all the SSPs <laughs> and we're now fully integrated, push a button anywhere. Right. So that was on that side. The other innovation was taking QR codes, which is an old tech. Yeah. You know, now in the travel, everybody's using it. Yeah. You have to. We did a twist on that. So in a partnership, we've integrated a QR code that goes directly to your wallet, just like your flight. You push it to your wallet. Yeah. Right. So if you have an Apple wallet, Google wallet, our QRs, not only are they able to grab the menu that's in front of you, but it's also able to do, do offering. So if you're a, if Pepsi's advertising or wants to market to you, they can give you a special while you're in the airport. But if you're walking down the street in New York, they can give you something different. That yeah. wallet, that QR has a waterfall of offerings. It's better for us as consumers. It's yep. better for our, our partners. Yep. It's better for the brands. Because now there's an opportunity to talk to you multiple different times. And since everybody's moving to this as a travel yeah. experience, our televisions need to be able to talk back and forth to that. To that, our brands, our customers, our partners need to be able to talk to you through this exactly. without being intrusive, right? So that's the way we're doing it. I think that innovation, and I, I'll tell you something: the entire, the other thing that happened with this collaboration is the entire airport world, while they compete, became mm-hmm. a family. Yeah, yeah. The entire travel community became a community. And, you know, you have more people trying to say, how do we succeed versus how do I? Exactly. So that that's that that led to a whole different uh, dynamic and mm-hmm. entire the entire airport community. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't say in the middle of all of that, the pandemic hit and it hurt the business. Yeah. But the societal things that were happening also impacted yes. what was important to us as a business. So we have a mantra here of truth and positivity. Yeah. And the truth was the truth wasn't really being told before. So we looked at everything that was happening in real time and said, let's tell the truth and let's tell a solution. Yeah. I, I, I never bring up a problem without a solution. So we decided to take that mindset on as we talked about things, as we as we create new shows, yeah. as, as we support one another, right? Yeah. So 
that that that's happened. And I'll I, I'll say one thing about the airports. I'm so proud of airports in general, mm-hmm. is because that's one government-run, you know, kind of part, private public Indeed. partnership where um, minorities and and, and are hundred percent guaranteed a seat at the table. There's mandates in place, and they really focus on it. I mean, you're talking about on an average, 38% participation of minorities uh, and women, black, all participate in the airport world. And pre-pandemic, the airports in the U.S. were generating $2 billion a month in revenue combined. Mm. So you're not talking about a small market of having 38% of people, uh, of minorities participating. You're talking about a big, big billion dollars a year. That was participating, 38% participating in. That's a model that needs to be spread throughout this country. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But the, the problem is, are, are you familiar with what happened with base camp? No. Yeah, so yeah, I'll, I'll give you a quick story what, what it's up with. So it's big in the, in the industry right now. So base camp is like a data company that came out. They basically told their employees that they didn't want to have political conversations at the, in the company. So the mm-hmm. CEO sat down the team, and it was the big VP of sales or whatever the case and whatnot. And he's basically saying how white supremacy doesn't exist and there isn't racism in America. So now there's employees sitting there as a black employee. They're sitting there. They do data science. Are you, are you kidding me? And, and then they're going through a back and forth in front of the entire company. And it was a big story. It was a lead released on the Virgin online. I think that's the problem, right? Like as far as DE and I, and we've had a few different episodes about that, right? They have to really want it. They have to really acknowledge that. And that actually leads a, a good segue to you know, the next question, you know, obviously I, I aspire to be a chairman of the board later in my career. And one, and this is one reason I was extremely excited like, to have you on. But according to Black Enterprise in 2019, Power in the Boardroom report, they found that among the S&P 500 companies, there were only 322 black corporate directors at 370, uh, 307 companies. Of those, 21 were chairman and lead directors. But they also found that a third of the S&P companies did not have not one black board member whatsoever. So what has been your experience like as a member, chairman of the board, and what should be done or what can be done to provide more opportunities to, you know, in these roles for black professionals like myself? Um, I'm going to answer that question in two ways. Okay. First, I'm going to answer the issue. Number one. Yes. I sit here, you know, and I'm going to, I look, I know what I've done in my career, you know, and I I know what I've built up and I watch these seats going and I'm wondering you know, how did I become popular today? My career has been there for the last 29 years. <laughs> yeah. I didn't cha- something didn't change from, on me from yesterday to today. So don't give it to me on lip service. Be real about it. Because if yeah. I'm coming on a board, I'm going to be an active person on the board, yeah. number one. Um, so I, I'm watching through the noise and trying to see who's really going to act. Um, yeah. Two, um, we got to know, our, we got to be prepared to ask. And it's a, a new, it, it's what I've been focused on is what's the solution, right? We know what the problem is. What's yeah. the solution? And one of the problem solutions is, you know, somebody said it to me, it's a good a mentor of me. He said, well, did you ask? And it was a good question because they called me for something else. And he's like, why didn't you ask with well, your background and what that company needed? Why are you not on that board? The fact that they're trying to hire get consult with you and have you come on to help? No, that's a board seat. And so sometimes we are so used to and conditioned that we're not going to be somewhere that we're not asking to be. 
And we don't have people out there championing us to be on those board seats. Yeah. A lot of the times the board seats are being championed by people inside the company to yeah. bring on people that they trust or know to those board seats. Exactly. So if you want to get to a board seat of those 300 companies that don't have anybody black, well, one, hopefully they know some black people, or yeah. two, they need to actually think, uh, find the ones they do know and start there. I'm not saying just bring anybody random in. Yeah, yeah. People you actually know who really have the insight and expertise and then expand from there. Um, we do have people in very powerful positions who are starting to get it. I think there's been more collaboration between people like us yeah. than there ever has been. Um, and that started about eight years ago in the entertainment world. Because yeah. it used to be only one of us can do something. So I saw as a financier, I would see people fighting that should be collaborating. Yeah. That is shifted. Exactly. So there is a it, it's gonna take some time. We gotta do is keep holding people accountable. Yeah. We gotta keep the foot on the gas. For sure. Do not let up. Because what happens is normally, because remember, this is this is I'm 29 years in. This is like the sixth or seventh time that there's been this push. Yeah, that we this don't. time we cannot let go. Do not let our foot off the gas until you know, and not no no until leave our foot in the gas for a long time. We need to go for a while. Yeah. Um. So I think it's a it's a concerted effort that is a daily grind. But is, is there something in place right now where where like say these board members that these black professionals that are on these board members? How do you guys communicate? Is there a group of black board members like that you guys are talking to like shouldn't yeah have um, there's a couple groups black and brilliant which i think so many yeah, yeah, yeah. teams are on there yeah yeah balance uh which guy premise runs yeah um, there's a um there's a, a amac in the airport world which is an airport uh minority uh advisory council so there's every industry is starting to even have these um yeah groups what i do think though your to your point is there needs to be more uh, proactive about when director seats open. Exactly. So I get an email that says director moves. And then it in that email, it also says director opportunities. Yeah. Now, it's not ideal, but at least I, I'm, I'm scanning that, looking at companies that have these director seats. It's not telling them that I'm available. It's not. So there's a connective part, which, you yeah. know, you guys could probably figure out better than anybody. For sure. But there needs to be a connective tissue that. Uh, these director seats are open. Here's the quality candidates that are available and make sure that we almost feel like the Rooney rule from football. I was just about to you say, mean? get us in <laughs> there. <laughs> I swear, I was just about to say the rule. <laughs> well, I was thinking the same thing. How do we, I don't want us to be just on paper. Yeah. You know, you look at us, you know, it's us and then we're, we're against, you know, Bill Belichick and the rest of them. Like, come yeah, on, yeah. Like, I need an opportunity. Don't just put me in there and say whatever. Like, and how do you, how do you prove your value at that point? Right. Versus you versus the other candidate. Well, you know, I think I think we all also have to stop. I just, we have to make it clear. Uh -huh. Culture does drive a lot of drives <laughs> revenue, drives income, drives what you see in other things, from fashion to beauty to to autos to music. I mean, there's not an industry that we don't drive the culture of it. I mean, if you look at, I'll give you an example. You look at Clubhouse launch. That was, when I saw Clubhouse, yeah. um, I looked at it as a black platform, audio platform, yeah. right? But 
and this is not a knock against them. I happened to do my upgrade of Clubhouse, and you probably can't see it, but yeah. if you've upgraded your Clubhouse picture, go look at it. Uh, okay. and, and what I'm gonna all I'm gonna say is I I hadn't looked at it. It doesn't really bother me, but if I think about it from where it started and the image they're using, I think somebody on there there needs to be more black people in that because yeah. that's a tone deaf thing when you just had something where some black creators created a room, shoot your shot, and some white people who created another room got to deal with with the agency. It's just not the right time to do that. Yeah, I'm exactly. not saying they're right or wrong. I'm just saying from an optics perspective. Yeah, that's just not the right time. And that again, that's again. That's no, no people one, in the room. People no in the room. Exactly. Somebody in that room would have said, don't do that yet. Exactly. You no, know, that update goes out. I yeah. mean, it made me feel, put it this way, it made me feel some type of way when they didn't have to do that. Exactly. No, that, you're, you're not You're not lying. You're not off at all, man. I actually had the, had the opportunity to interview James Lindsay, who's actually Master P's business partner. He actually mm -hmm. owned yeah, yeah. Good, good dude, good brother, man. Um, sad, so glad I had the opportunity. But him and P said something really, really interesting, right? We need to build our own platforms. Simple. We need to build our own platforms. There's not enough investment into STEM programs, right? We want to be, you know, there's a lot of different career paths that us as black professionals choose. And most of the time, they're not in STEM. Like that's a that's a that's a big thing, right? How do we create our own clubhouse? How do we create our own Facebook, right? How do we have our own platforms where our celebrities, our entertainers, our content creators can monetize and they'll go through us? You know, those well, I, I, I'll tell you, I, I'll tell you how I, I'll tell you one that I did. Okay. Right? So I this is our, this is we own this platform. Yeah. We own this window. So we so just to give you some insight, uh -huh. when the other part of when I was building Reach, coming from the content finance side of the world. What I noticed was creators would come into a room and they would leave with one, two percent equity or just fees. Yeah. And the conglomerates would own the IP. Exactly. While I was financing this, I still found that odd. Right. Because, you know, I built company. I'm like, wait a minute. Why don't how do you own that? You didn't even, you know. And so what I aimed to do, then I switched sides and started working with, with people that own their IP about not selling it but licensing it and then getting the ownership back then i started saying well back to my my statement to you earlier if content is king distribution is emperor yeah. so if distribution is emperor i built reach the opposite way build a distribution then go get your content exactly right? so we built our distribution with our content ready to go but yeah. the distribution is the key Absolutely. When we did the distribution, the, the other last thing is we went out and I saw there's a digital window, AVOD, SVOD, TV, yep. international, and non-theatrical. I didn't want to be in the non-theatrical window because it was convoluted and didn't make any sense. Yeah. So I built our own window called closed circuit rights. Airport, retail, hotels, with a window that if you see it on our screens, you can take it with you. So we built this window with DLA Piper, went to every studio, got them to sign off, and we started executing licensing agreements for our window. Wow. That's how I'm able, we're able to, as a new company, afford to get this much content, mm. right? Because you That's look at, you know, we're bringing 198 hours. Look at the people that are building that much hours. They're spending billions upon billions, tens of billions of dollars to do that. And yep. we're every year in this airport network, 
with a linear television network, 24 hours a day running. So yeah. I built my own seat. Now it's time for us to bring more content together. So I'm working with so many different creators. I'm working with, um, I'll give you an example, Hidden Film Empire, Deion yeah. Taylor, Roxanne Taylor, uh, Robert Smith. They did a series called Black History in Two Minutes. Yeah. Right? And back to my truth and positivity, our goal was Black history is not a month. Black yeah. history is American history, so it should be told every damn day as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> yeah. right? So um, when you make black history in two minutes or so, it's like two minutes and 45 seconds, yeah. you can't, that's not a traditional television uh, license, right? So they can do it on digital, but we're a television network that can do short and long. So we yeah. do anywhere from a minute to 30 minutes, right? So we do 30 minute episodes and we do short form content. We yeah. play and program based on um, how people move and how their attention spans. So yeah. I can run a three minute series along with a 30 minute series on our network. So yeah. now we're given opportunities where we're normally stuck to a digital platform that we don't own. We can yeah. now work our partnership with somebody who understands our sensibilities, understands how important to get those stories out and understands the impact those stories will have on the most influential people who did not know our contribution to the history of this country. Exactly. Exactly. That's huge, man. And I, I realized we were, we're a little over me. I can, yeah, I can ask any question, brother. Like I'm enjoying the hell out of this. Yeah. <laughs> I, I blocked off an extra time because I, I felt like, you know, I was thinking about something you were saying earlier and it, it was worth the time to really articulate it because it can be sensitive and people get mad, but it's time to have some difficult conversations. You have to. And I always look for the positive outcome. I will tell you the positive outcome. There's things that are changing for us, helping us, right? There's, there's when something comes to the light, you, you can deal with it. When it's yep. hidden in the dark, it's not true. Yeah. The response to this, there's no such thing as they just don't have an. That means they don't have enough voices around them. Yeah. Right. Like you know, I think one of the things that if you get a chance, you can read it. I yep. wrote a letter last year. Actually, I did. I saw yes. a Wall Street Journal post, and then I went. Over yeah, and I, I wrote it in Instagram. Yeah, and a friend of mine who's on said, "Dude, you really, you're not getting. I know you did this because you're talking to your personal friends, but the impact that would have on our business friends is probably just as impactful." Exactly. So I then posted it to LinkedIn. Probably you'll see exactly. two days later. Yeah, and I did that. Yeah, my And um, it did. It obviously had a great impact. Right. And so yeah. that's that to me is it, it's about I don't tell everybody all that stuff every day. And this is the opportunity for you to really let, you know, let people know what's going on, because if you started telling that every day it happened, you would sound like you're just some guy complaining all the time. Exactly. So a lot of people didn't know that about me, even though they knew me or even though yeah. they work with me or even yeah. though they would see me every week. They, I have people call me saying, I know you 20 years. I didn't know any of that. What, what you said was interesting in that. You said that people would look at you like you're a different, you're the different type of black, right? Yeah. No, you say, that's Linwood. He's the corporate. No, he won't mm -hmm. do that. And then that's like, the perfect example, being that we're side by side. They would look at you much more differently than me. With the <laughs> going, yeah, this brother's hood. He's from the yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? But at the end of the day, I'm articulate. I can do, you know what I'm saying? We can hold these yes. conversations, but it's yes. just the perception of it, right? Yep. And that's what I, I enjoyed that you said that. Because yeah. that needs to be said, right? And I think we I have- I was hearing the conversations. 
I was hearing the conversations like, wow, that's crazy what they did to them. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, you're talking to them. Who? You, what, what, what is them? Yeah. And, and, and that conversation happened one time too many. So it, 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 I just blocked my morning and said, I just got to think. Because this, you know, it, you're pouring out things that you really don't want to go back and live. Yeah. But you have to. It needs to be said, man. And like, yeah. and I, I, like, I appreciate that, brother. I appreciate you sharing that because we need to hear more of that, right? It can't just. It has to be all hands on deck when it comes to that. And you know what? Do I also appreciate, brother, the fact that you're paying it forward, right? Yeah. Like to have this conversation with me, man. You don't understand how much this inspires me, man. Like yeah, yeah. I can be like with me. I could be on the board. Matter of yeah. fact, I am going to be on the board. Let's start. Correct. Exactly. I'm going to be. Exactly. <laughs> that's and that's. I'll start my own company. Be my own board. So it doesn't matter. Exactly, brother. And you're self-funded, you're self-made, man. Like hearing your story that me and you both worked at Cutco. Right? Exactly. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I just want to thank you, brother. And um, if anything I can do to help you, because I, I had the privilege and honor to you know meet a lot of people. I, I'm interviewing Jeff Clanigan of Laugh Out Loud in two weeks. Um I'm on with him, I'm on with him Tuesday. Jeff's my guy. Yeah. I like Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he's gonna be here. We'll be talking Tuesday. Uh, I talked to him. Uh, uh, what's that? I talked to him Monday. I mean, yeah, so like again, like I said, this is a collaborating yes. world right now that wasn't as collaborative before, but we're all tied together now. Love so it. you know, you go through that circle. We're all talking to each other, and oh. we're all uplifting each other and making sure that if the opportunity is there, and I know what you do, I'm making sure they call you. For sure. Right, and and that's the other. That's what Black and Brilliant is so great about is giving people opportunities and helping people with opportunities and referring this person, referring that one. That is helping more than people know. Those little things make a difference. They make a difference, man. They make a big impact, brother. And I, I just want to thank you. I'm, I know I'm going to be in touch with you, brother, because I'm really yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely. Well, we got anytime, anytime, anytime. I go to the airport now. I'm looking for you. Like, that's yeah, yeah. we'll be we'll be there. You'll be easy to see us. And that's a good thing about. The expansion. We're everywhere now, which I love. You know, we're excited That's about it. That's it. All brother. right, man. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you, brother. Have a great one. We'll stay in touch. And thank you, everybody, for watching. Eli, thank yes. you for the comment, brother. And next week, we're here with Shopify to talk some SEO stuff. But we'll see you guys next week. And Linwood, have a great one, brother. Yeah, you too. All right, man. Bye-bye. Easy.